0: This is The Rant presented by Strive Sports. Benjamin Klein here with you on this not so lovely Thursday afternoon out here in New York City. Uh, you know, I had a couple nice days of spring. Uh, now we're back to some gloomy weather, some rain. Uh, so I'm back in my room changing locations, uh, what's new. Uh, gonna be ranting today about the Nets. Uh, you know, played the Sixers last night, sat a bunch of their guys. Uh, it's been a major topic of discussion about the Nets sitting players recently. Going to talk about how they played uh, you know, KD against the Timberwolves the night prior to this big game and then decided to sit him the next night. Going to move on to talking about the Knicks and their huge win against uh, Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans in New Orleans, um, increasing their winning streak to four games. Their first four-game winning streak in about five years, maybe even more than that. Uh, then going to finish off talking about uh, the Mets and the Yankees from yesterday finishing their series against the Phillies and the Blue Jays. Uh, just wanted to remind you all, all my fans, listeners, whatever you are out there, uh, if you're even out there, you can listen to these podcasts uh, not only on Instagram, uh, watching with visuals, but you can l- listen and download my podcasts on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, you can access the link to access those on my Instagram bio at the strive sports is the name of the, of my Instagram page. Um, you know, I'm, I've been having some issues, uh, with Apple podcasts. I upload, you know, the podcast every day. It shows up on Spotify. I don't believe it's been showing up on Apple podcasts when using the link tree in my bio. Uh, but I'm trying to figure out that situation. If anyone, uh, can let me know if they're having trouble accessing it on Apple podcasts. Uh, I would greatly appreciate it because sometimes I can see it. Sometimes I can't when I'm on my phone. I can't when I'm on my computer. I can, I don't know what's going on. So just gonna, you know, move on to my rant today. I'm sure I had a couple other things that I wanted to mention uh, prior to the start of the show. Uh, One thing I'll just shout out, uh, you know, rod carlos rondon's uh no hitter last night he had a perfect game going into the ninth hit a guy in the ninth inning unfortunately but then retired the next batter uh finishing off that no hitter second no hitter of the season already uh maybe it's the the year of the no hitter uh we'll see what happens there's some years where they just have a lot of no hitters and uh that would be exciting stuff. I mean, maybe the Yankees could get one this year. Uh, something that hasn't happened in quite some time, I believe since, uh, maybe David Cohen had his note as perfect game in like 1998. I'm blanking on who's came first Cohen or, or, uh, David Wells. I think, uh, David Wells came first though. Interesting fact. Also, they're both, both their names are David. Uh, but moving on to my rant for the for today, uh, gonna start by talking about that Nets game that was postponed against Minnesota. Uh, you know, then they moved it to. The next day, so the Nets are playing back-to-back against Minnesota and Philadelphia, knowing that they had Philadelphia the next day, uh, you know, competing for the one seed. Uh, obviously, the Nets lost last night, and now uh, they are they fall a game back of the Sixers for that one seed. Uh, but knowing that they had that big game the next day, they decided to play Kevin Durant uh, and not just play him, but you know, play him when they're beating down the Minnesota Timberwolves by 30 points. He finished with 27 minutes. Uh, That is second most on the team, only behind Joe Harris for that game. Uh, Additionally, Kyrie Irving didn't play. James Harden didn't play. They still won by 30. For some reason, still continued playing him uh, when the game was clearly over. Uh, You know, I was hearing Michael Kay talk about how the game was over uh, in the first three minutes. So, I don't really understand it. He was a plus 32. Uh, Clearly shows that he... That he played a lot of, uh, he played a good amount of minutes, 27. That's the most minutes on the whole team for that game. Uh, And then, you know, you know that you're playing your division rival, your conference rival, the team that is the one seed right now in the Philadelphia 76ers. And the Nets didn't care. Uh, They decided to sit Kevin Durant. Uh, Obviously, James Harden is injured. Can't blame him for that. Also, uh, you know, obviously, shout out Lamarcus Aldridge. Uh, He retired this morning. Uh, fantastic career, you know, borderline Hall of Famer. Uh, one of the best players of this generation for sure. Uh, you know, I think he might have been actually one of the people that changed uh, what the big man was in this league in, in becoming a in becoming a very dominant shooter from the mid range and even expanding it to the three point line. But uh, it's really a shame to see the Marcus Aldridge. Uh, we thought he was going to be a big difference maker for the Nets when we learned that he signed with them. Um, you know, unfortunate end to his career, and uh, hopefully the Nets will be able to get over this. Even though he's not even like such a key component component, uh, but just felt the need to mention that. Um, but moving on, you know, to sit to sit KD uh, against against the the Sixers last night is just uh, a travesty. Not just to their hopes of getting the one seed, but just a travesty to to fans across the league and Nets fans. I mean, how I can't imagine what it would be like uh, being a Nets fan, being all excited. KD's finally back. You're about to play the Sixers, and then boom, you know, he's not. It's announced that he's not playing. Uh, also, imagine being a gambler. You know, making a bet early on in the day, and then all of a sudden later on in the day, they're announcing KD's out. Um, you know, James Harden obviously still not playing. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge not playing. Blake Griffin, not playing. Uh, you know, so the lineup that they went with last night was Jeff Green, Joe Harris, DeAndre Jordan, Kyrie Irving, Landry Shamet, which is really just nothing in comparison to what their lineup could be if we're talking just putting even KD in there. Uh, you know, so they only wound up losing by six, uh, you know, you could make the argument, oh, they didn't even need to get—yes, they did. The only reason they lost by only six is because every team plays down to their level of competition. So, you know, and and, and teams play up to their competition. So the Nets played up. The Sixers played down uh, to their levels of competition. Uh, it's a pretty normal occurrence in the NBA. Uh, you know, there are a lot of games. Uh, you play the same teams a bunch— um, and then, you know, you undervalue some teams sometimes. And this is a, a game where uh, I don't think the Sixers necessarily undervalued the Nets, uh, but the Nets are a team with tremendous amount of confidence now, especially amongst their uh, role players, because every single player now pretty much is a role player when we're talking about Jeff Green, Joe Harris, Landry Shamet, Claxton, Bruce Brown, Lualu Cabareau. So most of the guys are, are role players, and I guess it was a good opportunity to get the Nets' uh, role players really going not that they haven't been throughout the whole entire season especially with everyone being out we've had Kyrie out for extended periods of time we've had KD out for extended period of time and now James Harden so uh, these guys are getting more enough than enough time to you know really uh, work themselves uh, into the offense and figure, figure out where they're best suited but it just doesn't make any sense to me to sit Kevin Durant, especially when you could be coming out of this game as the one seed. Uh, this isn't like hockey where there's going to be a bubble for the playoffs. You know, you're going to get home court advantage in the playoffs. So and, and fans are at the games as well. So I, I just don't understand why the Nets uh, didn't play Kevin Durant. Uh, you know, I could understand it, but uh, just seeing the night before him playing against the Minnesota Timberwolves, the most minutes on the team. It's just uh, it's confusing to me. I mean, maybe the Nets wanted to, you know, they want to hold back on other teams and uh, not give them their all, especially the best teams in the league uh, until the playoffs, so, you know, leaving them kind of clueless as to how to really uh, guard the Nets when they're at full strength, uh, even though they wouldn't have been at full strength last night if they played KD, because Harden still would have been out and Blake. But. You know, the Nets, they come close. They they fight against the Sixers. Uh, again, they're one of the most talented teams in the league. This doesn't mean that they would lose to the Sixers in a, in a seven-game series. Uh, in addition to their, their big three, they, they have the role players. And we're talking about Jeff Green, a veteran, Joe Harris, one of the best three point shooters in the league, Larry Andrew a great three and D guy, Claxton, maybe the highest, one of the highest energy players I've seen in the whole league, Bruce Brown, really coming into his own and Lualu Cabrera, another three and D type of guy. So, I mean, the nets are stacked and it makes me kind of seem and feel like they don't really care so much about the regular season. Um... You know, I guess they don't really see that big of a difference between the one and two seed. They, I guess they don't see that big of a difference between that home court advantage potentially for game seven if these two teams meet in the, in the conference finals. So uh, it was an interesting decision. I mean, it's getting annoying, uh, you know, especially for Nets fans, I'm sure. Guys constantly just, you know, not playing, whether it be Kyrie Irving just deciding that he doesn't want to play for personal reasons, KD for injury reasons, and same with Harden injuries. I mean, it's just frustrating. Even if it's injuries, it's frustrating. And I understand it. You know, the Nets are still 19 games above 500. They're still fantastic. So. Uh, not much season left, uh, a little bit more time for the Nets to, uh, finish off the season hot, get their, uh, other two guys back on the court. And so the three of them can, uh, really, you know, start clicking before the most important part of the season uh, begins in the playoffs. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. I mean, if the Knicks, um, if the Nets wind up as the two seed and the Knicks are the seven, the Nets are not going to be happy with that matchup. They're going to, you know, they could sweep the Knicks. But guess what? It, it will impact them going into the next series. They're going to be winded. They're going to be tired. Uh, you know, the Knicks are going to make them battle every single game. I don't think that the Nets would honestly sweep the Knicks. I think the Knicks would take a game uh, just based on their defensive effort. I mean, the effort is there day in and day out. I'll get to that in a minute, but uh, definitely frustrating for the Nets to, to lose this one pretty much simply because they sat Kevin Durant Uh even more frustrating in my opinion. They played him the night before, the most minutes on the team. They were crushing the entirety of the game, and for some reason uh, that led to him not playing in last night's game. So unfortunate loss for the Nets, but kind of expected it coming. Uh, I'm really most uh, most upset for the uh, for the gamblers out there that put money on the Nets as underdogs early on in the day and didn't even realize that they were going to sit half their squad uh, so, unfortunate, but uh, I'm sure the Nets will be coming back strong soon. I'm sure KD's, I'm sure they're playing a lesser opponent next game, and KD will be, you know, right in there, ready to go. Let's see who they're playing next. They're playing the Hornets next at home. So, uh, that's actually, the Hornets are a decent team, haven't been playing as well as a late. So, uh, you know, I'm sure that KD will be back for that game for no good reason. He sits against the Sixers and then plays against the Hornets. But whatever, it's been a topic of conversation the whole season, so I figured I may as well talk about it. It does kind of annoy me because, you know, I had the potential to um, obviously watch that game last night and just uh, had no interest really uh, knowing that KD was not going to be playing. Uh, Obviously, Kyrie is quite the show, but... The Knicks were playing, so I didn't even want to tune into that game. Maybe if KD was in and the game was close later on, uh, I would have tuned in. But the game was a little bit close later on, uh, and I didn't tune in because I really felt like the Sixers were just going to pull away, which is what they did when the Nets got within uh, like three points. Uh, so that's it for my commentary on the Nets. My rant on the Nets. Going to be moving on to the Knicks and their huge win last night against the New Orleans Pelicans. That's right. The Dukies, RJ, gets his win over his former teammate Zion Williamson, uh, also former Dukie Brandon Ingram. I'll just call him out because uh, I mentioned Dukies. But the Knicks get a 10-point victory over the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, looks like they outscored them by 9 in the second half, so they went into the, fir- into the half with a one-point lead, outscored them by nine in the second half. Again, it's that it's that defensive tenacity. Uh, I mean, the Pelicans shot 21.5% from three. Um, I'm not so sure that the right guys were taking the shots. We see uh, James Johnson, one of six from three. Uh, Lee, uh 0 for three. Zion, 0 for two. Bledsoe, 0 for three. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm not so sure where this, like, This team has their issues, you know? Three-point shooting, clearly their issues. They don't have many good three-point shooters. Uh, Again, Alexander Walker not playing last night. He's a great young player for them. Um, Kira Lewis, another good young player for them. He went 1-6 of from the field, 0-2. Clearly trying to figure his way out in the NBA at this point, especially against the Knicks, a top-three defense in the league. Uh, But when you you look at how we shut down the the Pelicans, uh, I mean, pretty much... uh, I'd say we did a pretty good job. Uh, Their starting lineup played all right. I mean, Brandon Ingram is is a great talent, but he needs to become a more efficient player. Two of six from three and nine of 22 from the field. Uh, That's just not going to cut it, you know? He is getting seven assists, and he was a plus four last night, so I'm not going to completely blame him. Uh, On the other hand, Zion Williamson was a 10 10 of 19 uh, from the field, shooting above 50%, but he was a minus 12, so that's an interesting... uh, Interesting thing to look at, honestly. Maybe Zion's defense is is lacking a little bit. Uh, he definitely had a difficult matchup going up against uh, Julius Randle last night, who absolutely demolished them. Uh, I wasn't surprised by that, considering the fact that this is Julius's former team. Uh, you know, they didn't have any real hope for him, so you know they they let him hit free agency, and the Knicks take advantage of that. Uh, Julius Randle didn't have the best shooting night. He was only 11 of 26. That's below 50 percent, obviously. But he shot five of eight from three. It was good to see him uh, get back on target shooting from three. Uh, 32 points, eight boards, five assists. You know, just doing his thing out there uh, against his former team. I knew that he was going to show out. Uh, if he wasn't going to show out, uh, then we probably would have lost. Considering uh, we only had one other player drop 20 points. That being Alec Burks, who scored. 14 of his 21 points in the fourth quarter. Just pointing out that, that out because, uh, as I've been saying in the past, I think he's our clutchest player. Uh, you know, we only scored 23 points in the fourth quarter. That is the least points we scored in, the, in any of the quarters. So he scored 14 of our 23 points in the fourth quarter. That's impressive. I mean, imagine if we didn't have those 14 points. Imagine if he, you know, cut that in half. It would have been a completely different game. So, Alec Burks coming up clutch uh, once again. You know, there's some games where he doesn't come up clutch. Uh, I believe uh, the last game uh, before this one that we played on. What did we play on Monday? We played the. I'm blanking. I'm blanking who we played on Monday, but uh, we won that game. Alec Burks did not have a good game. Uh, Neither did RJ, who didn't have a good game last night against, uh, you know, his Dookie boys. Went 2 of 10 from the field, 6 points, minus 13, honestly. The whole. And something that I'm noticing right now is the only person that was positive out of the starters last night was Julius Randall. Every other player was in negatives uh and the entire bench was in positives. Norvel Pell had quite an impact last night seeing like seeming like he only had four points and three rebounds, but he was a plus nineteen He had a block and a steal, no turnovers. Uh, D. Rose, plus 14, 11 points, 5 of 14 from the field. Again, want to see him be a little more efficient out there, but nice to see him also get four assists and four rebounds. Alec Burks, as I said, plus 24 uh, overall, 21 points, 14 of those in the fourth quarter, clutch shot after clutch shot, uh, 4 of 7 from three-point range. Uh, Quickly, 7 points, 2 of 5, both those shots were from 3. He shot 100% from 3. Overall, we shot 45.5% from the field, over 50% from 3, 51.5%. That's exactly what you want to see offensively. I mean, you look at what what we made the Pelicans do, 21.5% from 3. And then you go ahead and look at... what we did, 51.5% from three, and it's just uh, incredible where how far we've come from the beginning of the season, uh, you know, and, and even last year, not being a three-point shooting team at all last year or in the beginning of the season, shooting a not a good percentage. Now uh, we're top 10 in the league in terms of three-point shooting. Um, it was also very nice to see uh, that the Knicks are top five in, you know, defensive rating uh, or efficiency, whichever one it is, three-point defense and, uh, I think, field goal percentage defense. Uh, you know, we're top five in all those categories. Uh, we allow, we're allow we top five in terms of points allowed. Uh, so, you know, everything's going right for the Knicks defensively. Again, they bring that intensity every single night, which is really an incredible feat uh, to be able to do this every single night. Uh, it's their four, first four-game winning streak in literally five years. It's really incredible stuff. Uh, how, you know, the culture could change with just one, a couple hires, Leon Rose, Tom Thibodeau, putting the right, getting the right guys together on this team, the right group together. Uh, you know, I, I definitely have faith in Leon Rose being able to build a team. And, uh, you know, as I said on my other show, when I compare him to the likes of Joe Douglas, Joe Douglas hasn't done anything for me yet, hasn't really shown me anything, because at the end of the day, it's all about how you perform on the field. Uh, we went 2-14 and 14 last year. The Knicks right now, uh, basically, Leon Rose had less time to, uh, you know, build his team than Joe Douglas has. Twenty nine and twenty seven, two games above five hundred. Already have well more wins than we had last year. And the, obviously, the season was cut short. But no way we would have gotten twenty nine wins last season. Either way, even in a full season. So it's incredible to see the uh, the culture change in this team. Uh, just the maturity of, of players like RJ um and and randall honestly and really uh taking the role as the leader of the team and uh you know I- embracing that and trying to show everyone else what it takes to be a winner uh, and he's not even a guy who's necessarily a winner you know i don't i'm not 100 percent i don't know if he's ever made the playoffs in his career julius randall so um you know it's great to see guys taking that taking that step uh, I think Thibodeau is a big reason for that. Um, the only concern, again, is how he plays in the fourth quarter and at the end of games. You know, we only scored 23 points in the fourth quarter. Alec Burke scored 14 of those. So nine. only nine other points were scored uh, by whoever else played in the fourth. So, And I think a big reason for that is uh, you look at the minutes of of uh, the starters. Uh, Julius Randle, 42. Reggie Bullock, 35. Taj Gibson, 35. Uh, Peyton only had 20 minutes last night. Uh, he was 5'11 from the field. I'm not sure why uh, Thibodeau does this occasionally where you know Peyton is playing well and then all of a sudden he doesn't let him play. R.J. Barrett, 28 minutes. That's not even a lot for what he's, uh, what he's used to this season. And then the bench, somehow all pluses. Plus 22, plus 24, plus 14, plus 4, plus 19. Only two guys uh, played plus over 20 minutes, I mean. Uh, and uh, only... You know, only two guys actually played above 15 minutes off the bench, uh, and that's Derrick Rose and Alec Burks. Uh, clearly, the two best guys coming off our bench uh, as of recently. Quickly, you know, hopefully he'll you know start becoming a little bit smarter, t- becoming a little more efficient, taking better shots. Um, you know, I've noticed that he's been struggling with that a little bit recently. Uh, but you know, huge win for the Knicks tonight, last night. Two games above 500. I believe that we are at the. Seven seed right now uh we're like right there with the celtics we're right there um with the miami heat i actually think we may have jumped the miami heat because they lost last night uh and i think we're right there with the celtics and the hornets and then the hawks are a little bit ahead of us so it's exciting times for the knicks um you know hopefully we can continue this to a five-game winning streak against the mavericks uh you know, we just lost them the other day. It would be nice to get some revenge against Kristaps Porzingis. Additionally, we obviously have their draft pick in this offseason. So, you know, just to maybe somehow get them out of the playoffs because uh, they're in those playing games as of right now. So, you know, to lower their seed a little bit maybe, try to force them out of the playoffs so we can get that pick as a lottery pick. That's the most ideal situation. Knicks make the playoffs. We get the Mavericks into the lottery. Help getting the Mavericks into the lottery by winning uh, the game tomorrow night. Um, So big stuff coming for the next first four game winning streak in like five years. Uh, Let's get this, let's continue this to six games uh, and then hopefully I'll be going to the game Sunday uh, against the new Orleans Pelicans. Um, That is the hope. I I plan on buying tickets very soon. I'm going to get my COVID test tomorrow. So uh, after winning uh, this game, on the road against the Pelicans, I figured I want to see the Knicks win. Who, what a better game to go to uh, than against the Pelicans, a team we just beat, uh, who has great young players and Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. So uh, I'm really, I'm really excited for that game. I think that that's a game. I think, especially after last night, I didn't think that going in. Obviously, I'm confident in every game, but uh, you know, I was, I was a bit concerned because I didn't know how we'd be able to handle. Uh, zion williamson who played well but was still a minus 12 uh, probably because of his lack of defense uh but you know i'm very very excited for that game gonna get better suits than I, than last time i went uh you know can't wait for that zion williamson against rj Barrett. gonna see my boys go go up against some of the young, great greatest young players in the league right now uh it's very exciting stuff, very exciting times to be a Knicks fan. Obviously, same with the Nets, but uh, I'm a Knicks fan, so uh, personally, I think that Knicks fans right now are more excited than Nets fans. Uh, I think Nets fans are kind of taking this for granted a little bit. They're also getting bored now with the regular season. They want the playoffs to start. Come playoff time, uh, you know, Nets fans will be more excited, unless it's Knicks, Nets in the playoffs in which case Knicks fans, I guarantee you, will be more excited and Barclays Center will be filled with Knicks fans. Uh, That's besides the point, though. Great win for the Knicks last night. Uh, Let's move on to Dallas tomorrow night. Uh, Good things to come. The future is here, in my opinion. We got a new culture. We got new leaders in Thibodeau and, and Leon Rose. Uh, and you know we we beat a good, young and very talented team in the in the New Orleans Pelicans with a great coach in Stan Van Gundy. So uh, you know a co- you know a couple weeks ago I was saying I hope that I didn't think the Knicks were going to be able to do it with the schedule they had. Um, I just wanted them to you know start losing games and make out of the playoffs, but completely turned a corner now they got this four-game winning streak that I've been craving for the the entire season literally been begging the Knicks to give me this four-game winning streak they finally gave it to me uh, you know I'm ecstatic to be a Knicks fan right now um you know the future is is extremely bright in my opinion and let's go Knicks baby Knicks tape uh that's it for my rant on the Knicks gonna move on to the next uh topic which is baseball gonna talk a little Mets and Yankees yesterday. Uh, I'll leave the Yankees talk for a second, and I'll and I'll stick to talking Mets first. Even though the Yankees game happened first yesterday, uh, Mets win five to one over the Philadelphia Phillies. They move to two games above five hundred. Uh, the opposite of where the Yankees are right now, which is two games below five hundred at five and seven. The Mets are now five and three. Uh, David Peterson with a you know a low key performance. Maybe he's a low key guy for them with this performance. Uh, you know, that's a quality start, six innings pitched, one earned run, ten strikeouts and ten innings pitched. Uh I think Zach Wheeler for the Phillies also got uh the quality start. Three I believe it's six innings pitched, three earned runs or less. That's what he did. He actually had 108 hundred and eighty pitches. This is a former Mets so so he obviously wanted to show out. Um but looking at the Mets bullpen after, you know, maybe there's a little more faith. we could have a little more faith in the Mets bullpen for this season. Familia between Familia, Lube, and, and Diaz, we had uh, three innings pitched and no earned runs, uh, only one hit in those on all three of those innings. Four K's. Uh, those are all between Lube and Diaz. Uh, I, Diaz did not get the save, uh, which is you know interesting that they decided to go with him uh, due to the fact that it was a four-run uh, game. A save needs to be you know three runs. Um, But getting back to things that matter, uh, you know, it's not the pitching that's the issue with the Mets. If anything, it's the bullpen. But the bullpen, as I've been saying in my past couple of episodes, they've been looking good. Uh, But the hitting, on the other hand, still issues. Uh, Last night with runners in scoring position, they go one for six. Uh, The one for six was Dominique Smith. Um, I believe that he hit a double. Uh, I'm not 100% sure about that. But everyone else, VR 0 for 1, McCann 0 for 1, uh, Guillaume 0 for 1, Alonso 0 for 1. They left 10 runners on base. Uh, Alonso's still struggling. Uh, You know, he's hitting 207 right now. Lindor, he got two hits last night, but his average is still at 222. Um, We got McNeil. He had a hit last night. He's hitting at 174. Uh, Conforto at 120. McCann got himself back up out of the hole. Now he he went three for four last night, so he's got his average up to 280. Um, Again, I'm not going to overreact to any of these guys having low batting averages this early on in the season. But if it continues, you know, like it is with the Yankees, uh, then it's definitely a cause for concern. Uh, It's early on, you know, uh, looking at McCann in particular, he was at low 200s earlier on, maybe even below 200, has a three for four day, and now he's up to 280. And I think he had a good game the last game also. So all it takes is a couple good games, and, you know, you're back to to feeling good behind the plate. Uh, That Dominic Smith RBI was a single, by the way. Uh, My bad. But, uh, and also, Alonso didn't even get credit for, for uh, one of his RB, uh, like one of the runs he batted in. Because uh, I believe he was on, he was up with uh, multiple runners on. Uh, in the first inning, he actually grounded into a double play and scored a run. So, uh, that's definitely not a good look. That's a Yankees look la- right now because the Yankees are leading the league and in grounding into double plays, uh, actually. But, you know, things like that can't happen. You know, when you, when you're in that situation, no double plays either ground out to get yourself out or someone else out. Uh, and then, you know, you get the RBI, but that's just the worst case scenario. Grounding into a double play, not getting the stat for yourself in the RBI, and it doesn't help your average at all. And then the team and then the, the run, the momentum that you're having in that first inning is just uh, stopped right there uh, you know with that with that double play. So the Mets definitely need to be need to start playing better offensively, especially I'm always saying this because they actually have uh, potential this year. you know they, they actually have expectations. Uh, that top of the lineup: Nimo to Lindor to Dom Smith, Pete Alonso, McNeil, Conforto, McCann. That's a seven deep lineup. Seven, uh, you know, it goes down to the seven hole. I'd say that they have that many good players. And I also like a guy like VR. Uh, so I, I think that this lineup one through eight is is not necessarily the most the most stacked, but quality hitters from one to eight, they should be able to perform and uh, do more than they have in the past uh, for their pitching. You know, it's a they think that the ground pitches and. You know, the Mets don't score a run. They get shut out, and DeGrom only lets up, like, one run or no runs, and he gets a no decision. Uh, but, you know, the offensive potential for the Mets is much higher this year than it has in the past, uh, which is why they're, you know, real-world series contenders and division and NL East division contenders. Uh, they're playing like it to start the year. You know, they're 5-3 and three right now. Philly started off hot. Now they're regressing. They're back to five and six. Marlins really struggling to start the year, uh, along with the Washington nationals. So the Mets are, uh, taking advantage of, of this opportunity to, you know, separate themselves from the rest of the division a little bit. Um, playing good baseball as of late. And, uh, believe the game today was postponed actually I think that they were supposed to play the Phillies again today Uh, I was wrong in saying that their series was over they're supposed to play the Phillies again today unfortunately it's terrible weather in New York so game got postponed but uh, that was an opportunity for the Mets to go three games above 500 create even more separation in the loss column with other teams Uh, so the Mets are definitely looking like a you know top-of-the-line pitching team to start off the year, even though the stats, uh, overall stats might not show that, mainly probably because of their bullpen uh, blowing some games, uh, just giving up some runs. But the Mets, sky's the limit for them this year. You know, I think that they could be as good as any team, uh, mainly because of their pitching. They're hitting, I don't think it's as good as a team like the Dodgers or the uh, Padres or even the Yankees for that matter when they're hitting at their best. But you know their pitching, their their combined pitching and hitting potential is uh, equivalent to all of those teams, in my opinion. So Mets having a better start to the year than the Yankees, maybe uh, the Mets start along with you know the Knicks and the Nets playing so well, uh, the expectations might be too high for the Yankees to start the year. Uh, you know I think that they just need to start settling in, and that moves me on to talking about that loss for the Yankees yesterday. Losing on a Beau Bichette walk-off home run off of Chad Green. Uh, I actually talked about this game a little bit yesterday, but figured I'll throw in a couple words uh, today also. Uh, So Bo Bichette, it's a walk-off homer against Chad Green in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, Obviously, Yankees couldn't find any runs uh, later on in the game. They score all four of their runs in the first four innings, uh, one run in the first, three runs in the fourth. Um... Whereas the Blue Jays spread it out a little bit, they scored two in the second, one in the third, one in the sixth, and then one in the ninth. Um, They scored uh, you know five of their four of their runs were via the home run. They only scored one run uh, via a regular. It wasn't even an RBI. It was actually a wild pitch. Um, You know the most unfortunate outcome I'd say from this game is you know just the fact that Aaron Judge hit two home runs in this game and they were both solo shots. Uh, you know, that's why I advocate for Hicks to lead off, LeMayu second, Judge third. Uh, so Judge gets those opportunities to be at the plate with multiple runners on, or, you know, just in case one of the first two guys gets out, at least a runner on, you know, LeMayu doesn't get on every time. So uh, there's sometimes where Judge is up and he's, you know, and he hits a, a bomb with no, with no runners on, and then you get one run instead of two. Uh, imagine if there was a runner on each of the times that judge hit his homers uh, we obviously would have won this game uh you know but unfortunately hicks hitting 179 he went 0 for 4 yesterday didn't even draw a walk uh he's really struggling right now uh i think that you, i you know it didn't it's not a good sign that he was lead off and that's what happened but again i think that i would leave him there just cuz he's so good at walking or at least he has been in the past Uh, Give him that chance to, you know, build up his on-base percentage, get more comfortable behind the plate, see the ball better, especially getting that protection uh, with Lemayhu behind him, I think would be huge. Uh, So I definitely think that I I personally would leave Hicks there uh, with Lemayhu and then judge third and then, you know, scramble around the order any way you want after that, Stanton, Torres, uh, whatever it is uh I, I think that would benefit them greatly but uh, additionally well, going one for three with runners in scoring position that's not going to get the job done i mean i said that's 333 that's better than uh than what the mets did they were one for six i'd still i'd even prefer one for six give me the opportunities i mean you gotta at least get the guys on base uh you know we're not even getting the guys in running score runners in scoring position uh we're leaving three run we left only three runners on base the whole game that's not enough i'd prefer to be complaining about leaving 10 runners on base like the blue jays did leaving nine runners on base and the blue jays going 0 for 10 with runners of scoring position but are still able to score five runs on us so you know the pitching isn't completely there the starting pitching you know not completely there kluber only pitched four innings three inning runs the bullpen is there the only issue with the bullpen is that we're we're working them too hard to start the year we need the starting pitching to to to, to You know, come into their own. We need Severino to come back. Maybe Davey Garcia to show us a little something. Uh, But, you know, I I can't complain too much about the bullpen. Chad Green's been lights out recently, even after that home run and no innings pitched, uh, you know, because he didn't get an out. 1.17 ERA still on the season. So he's pitching, you know, really well to start the year. Uh, Same with Loisaga. He got one earned run and his ERA is still 1.13, but he actually pitched two innings yesterday, which helps him with his ERA. So, you know, I can't complain about the bullpen. I can't complain about the starting pitching to start the year, even though it's overall, uh, you know, average, I'd say, with, uh, you know, Cole and Montgomery kind of bringing us above average and Kluber and Tyon and, and Herman kind of dragging us down a little bit. Uh, so hopefully, the you know, the starting pitching will come into, come into place. Uh, I've heard Michael K talk about how Kluber, you know, struggles throughout his career in the first couple months of the season. And then after May, he, he really hits... He really, or after April, he really hits his stride. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to jump to conclusions about Kluber, Tyon, Herman, uh, but still hoping that Severino and Garcia could show us something this year. Um, and the bullpen, you know, can't blame them too much. I just hope that the starting pitching does enough for us this season, that uh, our bullpen isn't worn out when the playoffs come around uh, like they have been in the past. Um, you know, it's just unfortunate what the offense is doing right now. As I stated yesterday, the top of the lineup, other than Aaron Judge, really struggling. 0 for 4, Aaron Hicks. 0 for 3, Brett Gardner. For some reason, he was hitting 3 yesterday. Uh, 1 for 4, Gary Sanchez, one of the only guys not really struggling along with Aaron Judge. Uh, Glaber Torres, 1 for 2. He had two walks, but he's only hitting 220. Uh, I don't know why Jay Bruce even plays. I would play Mike Ford ahead of him, but Jay Bruce went 0 for 4, hitting 118 uh Urshela what well, I mean you know the list goes on Odor 0 for 3 Higashioka 0 for 3 um so I personally think that this is one of the worst lineups we've thrown out the whole season uh we DH Sanchez we played Higashioka catcher whenever we got Sanchez and Higashioka out there it's probably one of the worst lineups that we could possibly uh you know have uh along with Bruce at first base uh so I, I don't like the the you know the names in the lineup at all uh and again it it go it goes to show because you know I'm sure that it wasn't hit only I'm sure it didn't start with the lead off guy every time that judge hit the home run, uh but the guys at the bottom of the lineup weren't even able to step up and get themselves on base uh for judge obviously in the first inning it, it was only you know he did it in the second in second half out of the game, but in the fourth inning, unable to get anyone on base to uh you know give him an opportunity to drive in extra runs. Uh, you know, unfortunate. And then you know they score their fourth, their fourth run in that inning, also with an Ershella single, uh, the only uh, runner batted in that was in scoring position the entirety of the game. Uh, Bruce additionally went 0 for two with runners in scoring position. So goes to show that Bruce really doesn't deserve a place in this lineup right now, in my opinion. Uh, you know, Yankees really struggling right now. Uh, a lot, I think that a lot of people are on the hot seat. Uh, you know, maybe not mid-season hot seat, but, you know, towards the end of the season if it continues this way. And those guys are, you know, Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman and then guys that are looking for contracts like Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, uh, even Glaber Torres coming up in the future. So, but we're still stuck with Aaron Hicks no matter what. Uh, So it's unfortunate what's happening with the Yankees, but now we're we're heading back home for a big series against the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, We've already lost two series to the Tampa Bay Blue Jays so let's try to avoid losing two series to the Tampa Bay Rays to start the season uh hopefully they come out strong hopefully the Knicks come out strong against the Mavericks yesterday and I get a in potentially enjoy a six game win streak on Sunday at the Garden uh but that's all for my rant today I'll be back tomorrow uh talking everything there is which isn't much because there's no Mets or Yankees today there's no Knicks tonight and uh I'm not, I don't believe that there's any Nets tonight since they just played a back to back. So I'll be back tomorrow thinking of something to talk about. Uh, maybe I'll, you know, I'll postpone an episode or whatever just because there's nothing. But uh, for the rant, uh, I'm Ben Klein. You can catch this podcast on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can access those uh, both via the link tree in my Instagram bio at the Shrive Sports. For Ben Klein, uh, that's it for today. Peace out.